0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Welcome to the This Week in Rays Baseball podcast. Here's your host, Neil Solons.
0: Well, thanks for joining us on our latest podcast. Uh, Unlike the rookies in camp this week, uh, Mark Topkin and I will not be doing any karaoke versions. But we will kind of look at the first week of games, and that's probably a good thing for the rest of our audience. Topper, thanks
1: for joining us. Anytime, Neil. And yes, we will definitely not be singing.
0: That's for sure. Uh, But uh, the praises have been sung for some guys in camp so far. Uh, Let's start with Tim Beckham, who's probably had among the better weeks um, along with Ricky Weeks among the guys in camp.
1: Yeah, I think Tim Beckham has. I mean, it was unfortunate that on uh, Wednesday his OPS actually dropped like well under two for the first time, you know, all spring. And he really did get off to a good start. He came in ready to go. He's determined to prove he belongs somewhere on that field. I mean, I know he still has some aspirations to take second base. We saw him play the outfield on Wednesday for the first time. I think, you know, the potential to be in that lineup, at least against left hand pitchers, is there for him. And I think by showing well early in the spring, he's definitely putting that thought into everybody's mind from Kevin Cash, you know, up and down.
0: And I thought even first time in the outfield, I thought he acquitted himself fairly well. I mean, he had a lot of challenging balls. We know how tough the Sunfield is here and left and the wind. It's not an easy place to play your first game in the outfield.
1: No, he didn't look horrible. I mean, I thought there were, you know, a couple balls. There was a ball that kind of came off the wall early in the game. I don't think he did a particularly good job of playing that. And, you know, that positioning, but you'd like to think, you know, for his standpoint, that's going to come with experience. You know, I I think as Kevin Cash said, I mean, as good of a coach as Rocco Baldelli is, there's only so much you can do at practice speed. You have to get into game speed. A ball hit on a fungo is not the same as the spin off a, you know, a live pitched ball hit. You know, the break on a ball isn't going to be the same in a controlled environment versus a game situation.
0: You mentioned, uh, or we mentioned, Ricky Weeks. I think he's been fairly impressive. And another guy who maybe has put himself further into the fight for a catching spot is Jesus Sucre.
1: Yeah, I mean, Ricky Weeks is a veteran guy, and I think as long as he was in shape and healthy and there was no reason to doubt he did one of those things, you know, he was going to show he could handle the bat, and I think we've seen that early in the spring. The question with him is, can he adapt to first base? He was a pretty good second baseman for a long time, Neil, and I you know Arizona stashed him in the outfield last year, but I would think that he could probably handle first base and do pretty well. Uh, you know, jesus Sucre is interesting. I mean, he's part of that uh, Mariners Rays bromance that we've talked about. There's 12 guys in this race camp right now who are the property of the Seattle Mariners at some point. And you know, he was let go. He he played you know on and off for them. He had parts of time in the big leagues over the last four years. But he brings something a little different. Whereas Casali and you know Mealy are maybe more of your standard mold catchers. I, I think Sucre brings a really strong arm and a really good hands. I thought Chris Archer's description the other day was fascinating to me. A younger slimmer Jose Molina and you know we all can laugh at what he meant but I think we also all know what he meant and that Jose Molina for all his faults was a really good pitch receiver and pitch framer and if Jesus Secret has those skills and some pop in his bat that could give the Rays a little bit different look than they've had no
0: doubt and certainly well respected in the clubhouse too and well appreciated by the pitching staff and Speaking of the pitching staff, uh, they also have been quite impressive here in the first week. I mean, at least the ones we've seen get on the mound.
1: Yeah, I mean, the veteran relievers have been out and probably won't be in, in games until maybe sometime in the middle of next week, and that's by design. And, and I kind of understand it. I'm not sure I fully agree, but you know, I think Kevin Cash's point is, you know, look at the calendar. The season starts April 2nd. In a normal spring, they would just be beginning exhibition games around March 1st. Now, they've already played a week of games, basically, so... You know, holding those guys out early on is not a huge deal. It's allowed some other opportunities. I think we've seen some guys that have impressed. Uh, Tommy Hunter looked pretty good on Wednesday. He showed some pretty good velocity. Jamie Schultz, you know, from the minor league side, he had a pretty good day. He won the karaoke contest in the morning, and then he went out there and had a pretty good day in the afternoon and, and really pitched well on Wednesday. You know, Ryan Stanek's impressed us quite a bit. You know, at least hitting 99, we don't know if the gun in Minnesota at Fort Myers would have gone to 100 or not, but he's looked pretty good as well.
0: There's no doubt. Um, In fact, the the things that we're waiting on is for guys to get onto the field of play. Uh, We did see Steven Souza Jr. on Wednesday, Logan Morrison probably sometime next week. We don't have a date on Malik Smith, Colby Rasmus yet. And at some point in mid-March, hopefully we'll see Matt Duffy, who is starting to look a little bit better with his drill work.
1: Yeah, and that's going to be a big one because Matt Duffy, you know, being on the field for the Rays. I mean, if, if they, Colby Rasmus misses the first week or so, they can deal with that. Same thing if Souza would have a setback, he looks fine. But, you know, they've got enough outfield depth. I think they can handle that. But so much of this season was built around kind of restructuring that infield. The idea that Matt Duffy's going to be there every day at short, Brad Miller moves to second, Logan Morrison, Ricky Weeks split time at first, of course, Evan Longoria at third. If Matt Duffy's not ready early in the season, you know that could cause them to have to shift some things around. Would they move Brad Miller back to short? Would they create an opening at short for Tim Beckham or Nick Franklin to play in there? Would they consider Willie Adamas for a week or two? There's a lot of things they'd have to sort out if that was the case.
0: I'll tell you this, watching Willie Adamas play shortstop on Wednesday, he made a couple of plays that would have made a lot of teams pretty proud. I mean, he's been impressive this week with the way he handles himself, and so is Jake Bowers. You've got two 21-year-olds in camp, Really, for the first time in a while, the race have had prospects of this caliber, offensive players who are making really good impressions.
1: Yeah, there's a dent in the wall of the building beyond right field where Jake Bowers made his impression on Tuesday, and and you know just that sweet swing, and it, it's become cliche already just in a week here. But nobody really can describe his swing except to say it's just one of those sweet natural left-handed swings, and you know he obviously gets a lot of power on the ball, and he is young, but he's very confident. He's very mature. And talking to other players, like players see it more than we do. And, and, you know, up and down that room, you hear guys talking about how mature he is, how impressed they are with him, and obviously the talent is there. Now the question is, how quickly does he come? And that remains to be seen. Certainly, I don't think it's going to be at
0: the start of the 2017 season. Mark Topkin is usually trying to figure out the roster each week. If you read the Tampa Bay Times, he's got a week-by-week chart, or, or is he, isn't he going to make it? Yeah, Dave Wills, he wanted to stick in and say, who are the first two out? He wanted you to do like Joe Lenardi, the last two in, the first two out. Uh, is it so, Has anything really changed for you, at least to the midway point of the week?
1: Yeah, I think all at this point we're still guessing a little bit on the bullpen guys, and I think that's going to probably come down to the end. And you know, do the Rays go with the veteran guys and put Tommy Hunter on the team? Do they take one of the lefties uh, in addition to Sedano? And maybe that's Justin Marks, maybe that's Dana Eveland, one of those two guys. Um, you know, would they go with one of the young kids? I would think not, but if Ryan Stanek or Jamie Schultz really impresses in that live arm early, especially early in the season, pitching in some cold weather cities up there, that might really be interesting too. So there's a couple different ways they could go and that to me is the guesswork. The other one is the catcher spot. You know, Which two of those three guys in terms of Casale, Mailey, and Sucre is going to make it to start the year? Obviously, Wilson Ramos they expect back at some point. And then there's just that, how the bench lines up. I mean, if you look at it right now, you'd think that Ricky Weeks Beckham on the other catcher would be the bench that would kind of be the chalk right now but you know if Colby Rasmus isn't ready does Malik Smith get in there and does that speed become something that all of a sudden they get really enticed by and want to keep him around so there's still some moving parts here
0: there certainly are uh, some moving parts and in the bullpen there's one other guy to mention that's Kevin Gadea he'll pitch on Thursday in Fort Myers against the Red Sox you really don't know he's a wild card in this because he's a rule five and you either keep him
1: or you move on and, in fact, you know, that's a good point, Neil, as usual, that you have one during the podcast and not just one. And uh, But, you know, with Kevin Gaudet, it's kind of use him or lose him. And, and maybe this is a situation where even if he's close, you know, and all things are about equal with him and someone else, they keep him, let him have the first couple of weeks, the first month or so, and then if it doesn't work, you ship him out, you send him back. You might even get to keep him if he got through waivers and if the Mariners, you know, wanted to work something out with you. But, you, know, you you can't not pick him at the start. If you let him go at the start, you don't have him back. So he has a little bit of kind of an inherent edge in keeping a job if all things are equal.
0: Indeed. Well, I don't know if you don't use him, you lose him, if that would be a good song title. Uh, but again, we're not seeing karaoke. We appreciate you joining us on our
1: latest podcast, Mark. You got to know when to fold him, Neil.
0: Yeah, the uh, gambler knows it's time to fold him and move on to our next segment with a couple of interesting stories in Big League Camp. Jamie Schultz has certainly opened some eyes, as Mark mentioned. In fact, Wednesday hit 98 miles an hour in the gun. This is his second major league camp and first on the 40-man roster, and that certainly has made Jamie Schultz a bit more comfortable.
2: I think it means just be a little more comfortable. Um, Obviously, this is my second year here, so I had a little bit of that experience. Um, This was more of a a set um, situation where I know I'm going to probably be around for a while, but... um, I think the same mentality as last year, though. Just go in and try to learn as much as you can. Learn how, like, obviously we're all pro, but learn how the guys that have been there before do it and take everything that they have to offer.
0: Did it make you more hungry? I mean, to say, hey, now I'm on the 40-minute, I I don't have to be at it to get called up.
2: Uh, Yeah, definitely. I think it's um, a lot easier for that to happen now. And, I mean, it's just one step closer, and it's just becoming a reality slowly but surely.
0: But I would guess that there was some feeling at the end of last year that you had a chance to get called up before you got injured, correct? I mean, you were having a pretty good year in Durham.
2: Yeah, I thought I had a pretty good year, and um, you never know what anyone's um, expectations are or what they're going to do in the long run. it was kind of a bummer to get hurt towards the end of the year, but um, you know it's just water under the bridge, and you can't really go back and think like, "Oh, what if I got called up? What if I stayed healthy?" You just gotta focus on staying healthy the next year and doing everything in your power to get stronger and stretch out longer if that's what it takes, you know. And uh, it definitely adds to the hunger, as you said before, like it was it was a possibility but now it's becoming reality and you just got to do everything in your power to make it happen
0: speaking of health how was or how is your health here in the first week or so at camp was there any lingering effects i know you had what a groin injury the end of last year
2: yeah um honestly it was good probably like a week later i don't know if that was because i didn't pitch as much but um everything feels strong now i did a lot of preventative stuff just trying to create a stronger body and stronger frame to last through the season and um I mean, so far, getting my legs underneath me, I haven't really felt anything, so I'm excited to move forward.
0: Physically, are you any different? Are you heavier? Or are you similar weight? How have you changed your body for this year?
2: Um, stayed about the same weight. Generally, in the past, I would lose about 10 pounds, but um, I stayed around 200, but dropped in body fat this year. Um, I don't know if that was a combination of heavier lifting or the extra stuff I was doing. I picked up some hot yoga in the off season. That could have been it, but um, I think... Core strength, is, it was key last year, and I think i try to maintain that this year. So I did a lot of uh, yoga, and I mean, you're always up on your forearms, always up on your shoulders, and legs in the air, you don't really get a break. So I think core stability kind of kept that weight around the same.
0: And you got engaged too, right? Congratulations.
2: Yeah, thank you. Uh, <laughs> did it a little bit before Christmas. I know it's a little c- cliche to do that, but... Um, it's been uh six years with my fiance now coming up on seven, so I think it was about time, and we were both really excited. Did you lose weight thinking about that or, or the stress? <laughs> yeah, I definitely uh, lost a little bit of an appetite, and the thing was burning a hole in my pocket when I had it on me, and I was just like, you know I got to get this over with like I was actually planning to go down and like ask her parents and then uh, wait a little bit until January when her friends came to visit around her birthday and I went down there. I was like, I can't hold on to this thing. <laughs> I was just like stressing out, like thinking that I had to stash it down there in my backpack when we took a trip down to Florida. And I just did not want her to find it beforehand. So it just was good to get it done when I did. And it's been exciting ever since.
0: So, two days before Christmas, how did you do
2: it? Um, we went down to uh, St. Augustine, Florida. Um, beautiful town it's got a lot of lights there's all the Christmas decorations and everything like that I actually had asked her um, brother and future sister-in-law for a little bit of help because they have a camera we just kind of set it up that we would go down there and go to a restaurant take some pictures or whatnot and so they took pictures of themselves before around the bridge and then they were like oh yeah obviously like you and Alyssa should do it and so uh, we took a picture and uh, remember she was holding her purse and i kind of grabbed her purse off to the side and she turned around to me and like was looking at me she's like i think this is it and then dropped to a knee old school style and uh hmm. i said this has been a long time coming but uh will you marry me she said yes
0: and and the rest they say is history so good luck with the wedding obviously you have a lot to hope for this year too um tell me what your hopes are and your goals for this year
2: uh definitely we we'll just want to become a better pitcher in general um In the past, I felt like I've kind of been like a thrower or a hurler, like haven't really gone for spots or been able to dot up, and I really want to become a pitcher. Hitting spots with every pitch, getting ahead in counts, obviously cutting down on the walks, um, it's been a huge concern, and I think I've been moving towards the right path, and I think I cut a a third of my walks out in the last year, and uh, going from 90 to 60 is is a huge jump, so hopefully I can cut another third out of that and be down around 30 or so, and move forward from there
0: i know you're uh, i guess you consider yourself a pretty unique dude i mean we've talked about it you were, you had to you know park cars valet park in the off season none of that now that you're on the 40 man or you still did some odd jobs
2: oh yeah i um i worked at my friend's boat company challenger bayrider boats in uh wilson north carolina um after that i did that for about like two months um after that I started working with uh, a baseball team as a pitching coach and started doing lessons, and then I actually worked at Lululemon uh, in the off season too for a seasonal employment. So
0: you're not going to give up the seasonal, you got to stay occupied?
2: Yeah, i to got to keep my mind going somewhere, you know. You wake up, get that workout in and throw, and then you have the rest of the day to just hang out. And I kind of grew bored of it and started working again.
0: I think the other thing that's unique about you is your athleticism at your size. You can dunk a basketball. We know you're under six feet. Whatever you want to say your your height is.
2: Uh, yeah, I think I'm technically about three quarters, so we'll call it five <laughs> ten.
0: What, what's uh, what inspired the dunk? Give us a, a little history on the dunk.
2: Um, I don't know. I, I mean, I remember in like travel basketball and like rec league, we all the kids would try to just like touch the net, and I don't know. At a young age, I kind of felt like I was pretty short still and could still get up there, and. I always tried to dunk, try to dunk, and then it was just a random fast break in a high school basketball game where I went up and slammed it in one handed and I don't know, I guess I kinda of realized I could do it after that and I never did it again in a high school game, but like afterwards in college and just messing around I would do a couple different things so I can still get up there.
0: No dunk roll in big league camp for you though?
2: No, I'm not going to try that. Uh health is too important, this job's too important to keep going around and messing around like that.
0: He's not dunking on the basketball court, but some hitters have been, as Andy would say, eviscerated by Schultz so far. Now pitchers may have a similar feeling after facing first baseman Jake Bowers, who Tuesday hit a grand slam. This is Bowers' first major league camp, and I asked the 21-year-old what he was hoping to get out of it.
3: Uh you know, I didn't really know what's a thing coming in. Um I kind of just wanted to come in, uh put my head down, get to work and uh you know, whatever happens, happens. But you know, so far I've had a blast. I've, it's been a it's been a great opportunity to be here. It's been fun being around all the guys, uh, getting to know everyone. And um, you know, I'm excited to uh, to stay up here as long as possible and uh, keep learning, keep grinding, keep doing my thing. And um, whatever, like I said, whatever happens, happens. Are you a guy who learns
0: by talking or learn by observation? Are you kind of a quiet learner or, or someone who
3: gets in there and asks a lot of questions? Uh, I'm a talker, man. I like to, uh, I like to strike up a conversation with anyone. Um, you know, I try to try to get around the right people, try to, you know, make conversation with, uh, people who seem to get it. And, um. You know, at the end of the day, I, I think that's, that's probably the reason I'm here, is just to, uh, just to get around these guys and to talk to them and, and see, how everything is, uh, see how everything works and see how everything is done. And, um, you know, I think so far in that aspect, everything's going well. Who's been especially helpful in getting you acclimated and getting you adjusted to your first big league camp? Uh, you know, I can't, uh, I can't really pinpoint one person. Like I said, I've been bouncing all over everyone, um, trying to pitchers, position players, just talking to anyone, trying to get any kind of pieces of information that I can you also were playing multiple positions as you did last year at the AA level with montgomery
0: are there guys has rocco been particularly help with, helpful with outfield play or are there other guys you're also picking their brain
3: yeah i mean everyone you know rocco's been out there with us uh doing outfield work obviously that's been great and then um you know they're making sure i get in at first base as well which is awesome because i mean sometimes i focus so heavily on getting my work in the outfield that i might forget about first base so uh, I've been kept on balance um, just between first base and outfield, and it's uh, yeah, it's been awesome. Everyone's been uh, been a huge help so far.
0: Where do you want to grow the most this
3: year? Outfield, outfield for sure. You know, I want to uh, I want to try and get my outfield defense on the same level as my first base defense is, and um, it's something that's going to take a lot of work. But uh, you know, that's what I'm here for where what's the hardest adjustment to the outfield is it
0: is it reads and jumps is it you know building up that throwing arm what what are the biggest adjustments
3: yeah I think you said it just the uh, just the reads and jumps and, and routes mainly just uh I mean it's a whole different thing out there in the left especially you're on this you're on the complete other side of the field um you know balls off the bat are gonna spin different ways and uh, you just gotta learn. You gotta learn how a righty's gonna hit an outside pitch. You gotta learn how a lefty's gonna hit an inside pitch. Things like that, and you gotta know how to uh, how to react to everything.
0: Obviously, as a left-handed hitter, you have a probably a good feel for what the lefties are trying to do up there. Walk us through the game yesterday. The grand slam you hit, the double. Obviously, it's a pretty good day for
3: anybody, let alone, albeit in a spring training game. Yeah, I mean, every at bat that I get right now, I'm just trying to be competitive. I'm just trying to go up there, put a good swing on a pitch that is hittable. And, uh, you know, yesterday I got to two strikes, both at-bats, and um, luckily got a couple mistakes. And, I mean, I think the main thing up here is guys up here don't miss them. And so, you know, to get a couple hits with two strikes and, and not miss those opportunities is huge. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm still not sure what happened yesterday, but uh, it was awesome. It was awesome. And, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully I can have another day like it.
0: And in terms of, you know, your reputation, it's obviously pretty good, especially as a very young
3: hitter. What do you think your greatest strengths are? Uh, just being competitive, like I said before. Um, I'm not going to go up there and give an at-bat away just because just because of who's on the mound or just because of the situation. Um, it might be 0-2, but that doesn't mean that I'm just going to, you know, keel over and die. But, uh, you know, I'm just going to go up there, keep having competitive at-bats and, uh, you know, let the chips fall where they may. As the
0: youngest guy in camp have you gotten any flack yet about the number you're wearing i'm sure you've heard that it's the first time somebody's worn 70 since since joe departed
3: yeah no i heard um you know i haven't gotten any flack about it you know it's not something that was in my control but uh you know obviously if someone wants to uh someone wants to give me a little uh some jokes about it then uh, obviously I'm just going to take them but um, no I haven't gotten anything like that so far
0: all he's made is good impressions now you can hear that interview with Jake and many more on our blog raceradio.moblogs.com this coming weekend is our latest countdown to opening day show with Chris Archer before he goes to the world baseball classic and pitching coach Jim Hickey so tune in Saturday and Sunday before broadcast at 12 30 until then
1: you'll sell on saying enjoy the rest of your baseball we'll talk to you soon